podcast guys i hope life is good as always i've been out here grinding so part of my absence but i'm sure you can understand life gets hectic sometimes but you know the girl always comes back but man there's been a lot that's been going on since the last episode but why don't we start with the most important news about our girl megan markle the duchess of sussex Shining, 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 yeah, shining, yeah, all it is winning. She won. Sis won. She won her case, and we knew that victory was overdue, but it's nice that it's brought to a conclusion. Now, for those of you who may not know what the case was all about, why she was suing the Mail on Sunday and the Associated Newspapers, let me just briefly give you the background. Okay, so Megan... Before she became the Duchess of Sussex, wrote a letter to her dad, Thomas Markle. And the contents of the letter are actually irrelevant. But Thomas decided that he would go ahead and leak that letter to the Daily Mail, specifically the Mail on Sunday, which is a different publication all under the Associated Newspapers, who is the entity that Megan was suing. This is all in 2019. The Mail on Sunday published the letter in 2019. Megan was still pregnant. Well, in October of 2019, you may recall, or you may not, maybe this is your first ever Megan (laughs) Duchess of Sussex video on YouTube. During the Africa tour in October of 2019, Harry announced on like the, the second to last day of the tour, announced that his wife, the Duchess of Sussex, would be suing the Mail on Sunday and the Associated Newspapers behind that letter. The reason being that when the Mail on Sunday decided to publish that letter in articles on their websites, in their newspapers, that they violated Megan's privacy under UK's copyright law, precisely because it was a private letter that she did not give permission to be made public, even if the letter was addressed to someone else and someone else was in possession of that letter. She is the author of the letter, a handwritten letter. So from 2019 until now, this case has gone on. Now, during that time, the Sussexes moved away. They left England. They now reside on the West Coast of the United States. And they became even larger global figures. They were already global figures. During that time, they became even more influential. And toward the end of 2020, there was talk of Megan having to fly back to the UK to testify during the trial because the trial was originally set for January. But then she filed a motion to get the trial delayed for personal reasons, and the judge in the case agreed. But during that time, she also petitioned for a summary judgment to close out the case, to avoid trial and to put the whole thing behind her because her legal team felt that the Associated Newspapers didn't even have a strong enough case to win and going to trial was going to be an unnecessary exercise for everybody involved, including Megan. And so that brings us to where we are now. The judge agreed. She won the summary judgment and Megan's case is effectively made. And the damages in the case because there are still damages, could be extensive because the Associated Newspapers may have to turn over all profits that were gained as a result of the stories that they ran about Megan's letter to her father. And if you remember around that time, they ran the letter and they were running a bunch of different articles about the letter. They were all false. And then day after day after day, new articles just kept cropping up because they were getting the clicks. This was the beginning of... People just loving to hate Megan. They were getting all the clicks, all the profits. I mean, and this is when they thought the profits were just going to keep pouring in. But it turns out with respect to the articles about that letter, they may have to turn them all over to Megan. And she can do exactly what she wants to do with them. Now, in the beginning, which I don't think that this has changed, but she said that she was going to donate them to anti-bullying organizations and charities which is perfect because 
they bullied that woman. Now, Prince Harry just won a lawsuit against the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday. And his lawsuit against them was in response to their false reporting that he had, quote, turned his back on the military. So there were two articles published that alleged Prince Harry had not been in touch with the Royal Marines. And this is after stepping down as a senior royal. And Harry's lawyer called the accusations, quote, baseless, false and defamatory. Which they were. See, because you shouldn't be able to get away with telling lies on people. Because the Daily Mail claimed that Harry had not been in touch by phone or by email or by letter. In none of the ways. They said the boy just wasn't in touch. And they are creating this idea, this narrative that, hey, Harry's out of the royal family. He's out of England. He doesn't care about you guys anymore, military you see what kind of a uh, patron you had? You see what kind of a captain you had? He doesn't really care about you guys. All he cares about is that woman he married. That's the narrative they were trying to create. So they said he hadn't been in touch since his last appearance. And you may remember that was a part of the Sussex farewell tour where Meghan wore that beautiful red dress with the cape to match Harry and his you know, red coat with his formal uniform on. They looked amazing. But what they said was a lie. And everything that they've, just about everything they printed about Harry and Meghan up to this point has been a lie. But this is what the tabloids do. They print lies every day and hope that they can get away with printing a, a small correction later when nobody is looking. Because their goal isn't to actually tell the truth. It is to take Harry and Meghan down. That was the goal. That's what the goal of all of those articles together and not just the Daily Mail, but all of the tabloids, because it, they all basically parroted themselves. So while one article that was negative about Harry or Meghan didn't really do much damage, people could just dismiss it. What Sussex Squad did, which is why I love their fans, is... They realized what was happening. And when it was all said and done, as presented in Megan's case, literally hundreds of thousands of articles were written about Megan. And that, that's not to say that they were all negative, but a good percentage of them was. And it was all to spin this narrative about her. It was all to spin this narrative then about not just her, but now her and Harry and how they're acting. As if to say, see, these are the ones that we're not supposed to like. And they were literally trying to turn people against them. Article after article after article. And for people who don't really look at the details, for people who don't really follow what Megan has gone through and um, pretty much the effort against them in passing, they're going to see one article, then they're going to see another article, then they're going to see another article that puts a negative spin on them. And if you know little to nothing about either of them and everything you see about them is negative, then that influences how you perceive them as a person. When truly you don't know anything, you know less than nothing because everything you know is a lie, right? But that was the goal. It was a, it was a machine of lies, a well-financed beast of a machine that did nothing but churn out lie after lie after lie. And not only that, but with the cooperation, I believe, of palace staff and possibly the royal family. But at this point in the game, the tabloids have some catching up to do because they're not used to being sued by members of the royal family. Not not at this level. And Harry and Meghan have been unrelenting with their lawsuits. You hear me? It's not a I'm going to sue you and then drop the lawsuit. I'm going to sue you and let's quietly settle so this goes away. It's I'm going to sue you and reveal who y'all really are. And I'm not going to stop until I win. It ain't until I'm tired of the legal process. It's until the world sees that not only did you lie, but you'll be held accountable. And so it's fuck you pay me because 
you lied. You lied. And I'm not about to take that lie lying down. And so with regard to the lie they told about Harry and his communication with the military, Harry would not let them get away with it. And so he sued their asses. And so not only now do they have to pay him, which they have already paid him, they have to pay Megan as a result of her lawsuit victory. And, you know, I got to say, what a fitting end to all of the trauma that these newspapers have put them through. Honestly. And on Harry's lawsuit, they should have known better than to come after Harry and tell a lie about his relationship with the military. Like, if he's going to come back at you for anything... It's going to be over that because you know how much Harry loves the military and how much he values his role as a as a member of the royal family, as someone who has served on the front lines and as someone who has done so much after he left the military. And he continues to bless military veterans because the damages from the lawsuit are going straight to the Invictus Games, a foundation which helps military veterans after their service. So they tried in vain to damage that relationship. They tried. They really did try. But now they're paying for it. And, you know, the Daily Mail, you know, they tried to apologize and donate to the Invictus Games and hope that it went away in an effort to downplay the seriousness of this accusation that they made against Harry. But not only that, but they have the nerve to offer to make the donation to the Invictus Games for Harry. Like the nerve of you, girl. Ain't no guarantee you're going to give it to them. I mean, maybe legally they're bound. I don't know. But no, Harry said, give me my money and I'll donate it to them because it's my money. You owe me. Go ahead and run that. So yeah, Harry took the, the Daily Mail's lunch money and... Uh, Megan is about to take much more of it. And, um, well, you know, I guess that's the consequence with playing games with people's lives and how fitting, how fitting that at the end of this entire saga, Harry and Megan came out on top in more ways than one. They left the Royal family with their family intact. They got extremely rich in the process and They sued the hell out of their bullies and made them pay for it. Literally. These are not your ordinary royals. And it's the attitude that shows me that they could never have fit into the royal family as we know it. Like they just weren't fit for the royal family. Their characters are too strong. So when Meghan's lawsuit victory was announced, news of it rang out all over social media and all over the world, really. And Megan released a statement and it reads as follows. It says, after two long years of pursuing litigation, I am grateful to the courts for holding Associated Newspapers and the Mail on Sunday to account for their illegal and dehumanizing practices. These tactics And those of their sister publications, Mail Online and the Daily Mail, are not new. In fact, they have been going on for far too long without consequence. For these outlets, it's a game. For me and so many others, it is real life, real relationships, and very real sadness. The damage they have done and continue to do runs deep. The world needs reliable, fact-checked, high-quality news. What the Mail on Sunday and its partner publications do is the opposite. Hoo child, this is a classy read. It continues, we all lose when misinformation sells more than the truth, when moral exploitation sells more than decency, and when companies create their business model to profit from people's pain. But for today, with this comprehensive win on both privacy and copyright, We have all won. We now know and hope it creates legal precedent that you cannot take somebody's privacy and exploit it in a privacy case as a defendant has blatantly done over the past two years. I share this victory with each of you because we all deserve justice and truth and we all deserve better. I particularly want to thank my husband, 
my husband, my mom, and legal team, especially Jenny Afia. I hope I'm saying her name right. For her unrelenting support throughout this process. Period. Full stop. See, because what I want to do with this statement is let the world know. Because I know the world wants to hear what I have to say. As I take my victory lap, I want to let the world know how trash the Associated Newspaper is. Newspapers is as a company. Um, I love the fact that she mentioned the Mail Online and uh, the Daily Mail because, oh girl, we gonna call you out by name. It ain't just the Mail on Sunday. It's your whole family. And don't go thinking that what you do is news because it ain't news. Because what I said was, is the opposite of news. Honey, she read them and that is called reading for filth. She read them, honey. She dragged them through the mud. Um, And what's so poetic about the whole thing is mama got the last word. Mama got the last word, the last one. And she's laughing all the way to the bank. Y'all know I be getting live on this podcast. She said, pay me what you owe me. Don't act like you forgot. Bitch better have my money. Because y'all thought y'all was pimping me. Turns out I'm pimping you. Ooh. And one thing about them tables, girl, they gonna turn. And you know what? In all seriousness, I have to give it up to Megan because This could have gone in so many different ways. This is the best outcome of her very brief time in the royal family. Now, you know, people will say, yes, she's still a member. And she is technically by law, right? But um, we know where she stands. You know what I'm saying? Uh, This could have gone in so many different darker ways. And boy, the girls are hot that it didn't. They are mad. She never had to sell her soul. And they're mad about it. She never saw logic or value in joining the dark side just so she could cope with the trauma of being a member of the royal family. And they are mad. Like never once did Meghan decide that it would be easier to join the royal family's ranks on the dark side. She never saw the logic in that. She was not about to let the truth be hidden after everything she experienced just so she could survive. She told you herself, it's not about surviving. It's about thriving, friend. But I'm also finna stand up for myself. And not only that, but Megan never once doubted herself nor questioned what she, quote, got herself into. And I'm pretty sure they're mad about that. Meghan never once questioned the choice that she made to marry Prince Harry. They wanted her to be in such despair that she looked around and decided that she didn't want to be there anymore. And therefore she left, but not with her husband. That's what they wanted. That was the ultimate goal was to exclude her, even though her husband had chosen her and that she chose him. These people were trying to find a way to keep Harry Because they love him. Don't ever doubt it. They love Harry. But they wanted to excise her. Because they hate her so much. Excise, it means to cut off. To surgically remove. They wanted to excise Megan from the picture. And this is why we had so many people doing all these mental gymnastics. It was always, you know, why can't she just be satisfied or grateful? That we've given her all we've given her. That's when they were in England. And then when they left, it was, why can't Harry just come back? Just come back, Harry. Leave her over there. But let's let's let you come back. Well, we know that wasn't going to work because, again, they chose each other. And Harry had to demonstrate that when you remove one, you remove the other. They are effectively one. 
And I believe it is for that reason that Megan never questioned the decision she made to marry her husband because she knew who she picked and she knew that man had her back. And he did, he does, and he forever will have her back. And in a way, her marriage, you know, it sort of acted like a force field, you know, a force field of love. You know, just like she said in that podcast, love always wins. And I feel that this is what she was talking about. And I'm sure she had some very dark days, but at the end of the day, she was protected by that love. And that is a beautiful thing. It's probably why people felt that they could throw everything but the kitchen sink at her because they knew she was protected by that love. They knew she was protected by her man. And I think it's this at the heart of the jealousy that people have of Megan. They were mad about it. Megan never lost sight of the bigger picture. And even though she could have, Megan never played dirty, even though people were playing dirty against her. Really, they were playing dirty against her from the start. And if you really want to be honest, from before the start, Megan never turned bitter, even though she had plenty of reason to. Megan never let her light dim, even though her entire existence in the royal family was encased in darkness. She never once let them win. And I'm sure she decided, maybe even before she got married, but certainly at the beginning of her marriage, she decided that no matter what, she would always be satisfied with the reflection in the mirror. Now that takes courage. But Sis has a very solid moral center, and it is the reason she doesn't fit in with that crowd. And to be honest, it's the reason Harry doesn't fit in with that crowd. Because the fact remains that at the first opportunity, he bounced. And he didn't think twice about extracting not only himself, but his entire family. And I believe that as for Megan in the midst of her pain, that the ultimate silver lining would be that she would have a story to tell. And just by the way she carried herself through this storm, this very personal storm that everybody is watching just because she is who she is, through that pain, there would be a lesson on how to stand up for yourself and not lose yourself, even though that is the tempting and maybe even the easiest thing to do. And the lesson being that no matter what you're going through, you have it in you to fight and to win. And not only will you not lose yourself, but you will know yourself better in the midst of the storm. You will be fortified in the midst of the storm because you will know that no matter how dark the clouds are, that there is light on the other side of those clouds. You don't have to see the light to know that it's there. All you got to do is find a way to step into it. And when you remember that, no matter what you're going through, in the end, you will always emerge victorious. And that's exactly what she did. That comes from having a strong upbringing. Do you hear? That comes from having a strong character about yourself. And you don't get that overnight. And I also believe that at some point in Megan's pregnancy, she decided that this was just not going to work out. Her being a royal in the royal family and the way that she was being a royal. Now, in the timeline, I don't know whether it was before or after the Mail on Sunday published the letter. But I know it was shortly after the Oceana tour. Because if you remember, the Oceana tour was wildly successful. It was the most successful tour that the royal family had had in years. And it was the tour that the royal family realized that Harry and Meghan as a couple were indeed a power couple. And they were the power couple of the royal family and... They, the royal family, were in danger of being eclipsed because nobody cared about anybody else unless their names were Harry and Meghan. And then after the tour was over, the British press and the British tabloids, they zeroed in on Meghan in particular. But Harry and Meghan, sure, but for the longest time, it was just Meghan. They zeroed in on her. 
and they decided that they were going to make this woman's life a living hell. Do I believe the royal family had a hand in that? I think the answer is obvious. And that's why I think they're breathing a sigh of relief that this Megan lawsuit is over because they were about to be exposed. That's my belief. But some point after that tour, Megan had to have looked around and decided that this is not her life. This is not the life she's going to live for the rest of her days. And while it may look glamorous and great from the outside looking in, this was not the culmination of anything that she had done prior to being a member of the royal family. And add to that the fact that Harry had for years said that he dreamed of a life outside of the royal family. And then on top of that, she was pregnant with her son and they were just not letting up on her. In essence, bullying a pregnant woman for profit and for cover, right? I believe of the rest of the royals. She was their shield. And I think that is when they began to really hatch their plan and put it into action. Nobody deserves the treatment that she got in 2019. Like, think about it. She was brand new to the royal family, right? They were dating in 2016, engaged in 2017, late 2017. Between getting engaged and getting married in May of 2018, I'm sure this was just, you know, sort of an introductory period. You know, I don't really know a whole lot about what what occurred during that phase. But I know during the engagement interview, um, at least up to November of 2017, Megan had talked about how people were showing her around. I mean, like, what was she supposed to say? But I'm sure there was some sort of introductory period to being a, a, a member of the royal family. But then there was a short honeymoon phase after they got married. So from like May of 2018 to the Oceana tour and of October of 2018, that was when they announced that they were pregnant with Archie. And then that was it. That was it. Right. So from that point up until she left the royal family. So the entirety of 2019. She was a punching bag. She, I mean, the environment was so toxic, like it had to have been. I mean, even during that time, they decided, look, Kensington Palace, it ain't the place for us. And we could see even with all the revelations of the Palace Four, and, and not to say that everyone who was included in that that uh, title named the Palace Four um, were against Megan, because, you know, at least one of those people, Sarah Latham, was uh, Megan's chief of staff, as it were. So. But this idea that those people would be called to trial and, and to testify, that was going to reveal a lot about what was really going on behind the scenes. But we saw that uh, Harry and Meghan decided that they had to get away. They had to distance themselves. They had to create their own offices, um, which they did because something wasn't right. Something wasn't right. Now, I'm sure Harry and Meghan wanted to do their thing, but... For people like them, they should be able to sort of have their own umbrella. But even then, it was untenable. And then you saw how the 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 haters began to react and how that played into a lot of what the, the tabloid media was writing. You know, when the Sovereign Grant happened and the renovations for Frogmore, like that was a story for a solid two weeks to the point that they ended up having to pay it back. You don't have anybody else paying it back. And now you got Eugenie living there for free. You know what I'm saying? And nothing against her, but like literally all the rest of them live for free. Why is it that Harry and Meghan are the only ones having to pay it back? So that's the type of environment that they had to leave. They had to leave. And then 2020 that was the announcement. We're done. We are done. It happened not even halfway through January of 2020. I believe they announced, announced that on January 8th and they left. And um, Megan came back in March to do her farewells. She didn't stay very long. They were gone. They were gone. They had, they didn't realize, I think the people looking on, who thought that they could just bully them in perpetuity and always hold, you know, 
tax money over their heads and saying, oh, look what we do for you. They didn't realize, I think Sussex Squad knew. We knew that when that announcement hit, it, it was done. It was a wrap. It was over. Um, now it's probably settling in for the rest of the rest of the girls. Um, but they were done. So all of 2020 and here we are in 2020, 2021. Megan was over here where she's welcome. And Harry was over here where he's welcome too. Um, and it just so happens that the pandemic is also going on. But like, you know, if they wanted to, I mean, because let's be real, if they wanted to, they could have gone back. You know, March is about to be here. It's going to be a whole year since they stepped foot on that island. They could have gone back if they wanted to. They got all kinds of money. They can charter a private jet if they wanted to, to go back and not have to be, you know, around passenger. They have more than enough resources. And the reason they haven't gone back is because they don't want to. Oh, but don't get it twisted because she's still going to do good work with her charities. She's still a part of those charities. I mean, Harry and Meghan might be the only royals whose charities actually benefit from having royal patrons. She's still doing good work with them and they're still doing great work with uh, the Queen's Commonwealth Trust as they have through the pandemic, through their their virtual uh, meetups and engagements. But she can do better work for them from where she is as opposed to being emotionally and mentally broken down living in England. She needed to step away for her own health. And so I think that she and Harry hatching that plan, they zeroed in on the bigger picture, which is that they are still global figures. They have a global audience and they still have a lot of work to do. And they can only do that work in the highest form if they are also not having to fight off lies and bullying from the tabloids. And so I'm just happy for them that they're in this healthier, freer space where they can just be free to create and not have to worry about the people around them and whether they can trust them or not, not have to worry about people leaking stories about them to the press. Um, And just to focus on the things that matter, which is, that's always been their goal as just to focus on the things that matter, do the work that matters, uh, and just raise their family and grow their family. That's all they've ever wanted to do. And who would have known? Like nobody, I'm not surprised, at least the people that that know, they're not surprised. But like who would have ever thought that their first two or three years of marriage would have been this test? Like, the way they have been tested and unnecessarily. That's the thing that gets me every single time just to think about it. And it hasn't even been three years since that girl got married. That is how racist those institutions are. That is how racist they're. Because if, if the British family wasn't um, condoning this type of behavior, they would have done everything to keep her. I mean, they would have done everything everything they would have moved heaven and earth just to keep Megan in the royal family because that is the type of asset she is and not just Megan but Harry as well they didn't want that they didn't want that that's not how they operate so they spit her right back out it's a machine and of course the British press was all too happy to get involved with that for profit right but You know, I'm glad that all of that is behind them. I'm glad that it's all behind them. And looking forward, you know, everything else is all icing on the cake. Like, seriously, they're not hampered. They don't need financing of any kind. They don't need anybody to pay for their security. They don't have to ask anybody's permission to do anything. And you know what? If you want to write a uh, like an article about them flying private to their celebrity friend's house, for vacation, then you go ahead and do that. You go ahead and do that. But you ain't going to get none of that information from people who are directly around us. 
And, you know, if you want to wear funny hats going to all of these publicly funded events uh, and things of that nature, then do what you do. We don't necessarily have to take part. And when we do, it will be at our leisure whenever we get ready to. And, you know, I think the irony of all of it is the royal family didn't want Harry and Meghan to overshadow them while they were uh, members of the royal family, senior working royals. And it turns out they're overshadowing the whole entire family now. Just as a result, just as a result of how they were treated, they made heroes out of Harry and Meghan. And so if and when they ever do go back to England as a family, even if it's just for a weekend, rest assured, all eyes are going to be on them and nobody else. Y'all thought Meghan was popular then. Oh, just wait. You ain't you haven't really seen the half. Because now the royal family has to spend the rest of their lives in her shadow, in Harry and Meghan's shadow, in Archie's shadow. Because again, ain't nobody checking for them, but everybody's checking for Harry and Meghan. Did you see Spotify's numbers? They did pretty well. Thanks, Archwell. They did pretty well. They got so many more new subscriptions. All this talk about, well, ain't nobody in the UK checking for Harry and Meghan's podcast. It seemed like they were because they were number one and number two in all the hot and trending lists. So, I mean, that's just one example. But it'll, you know, it'll just be great. Not only that aspect of it, but just to see all of the work that Harry and Meghan is going to be free to do and that we can't we haven't even we can't even begin to imagine just because the pandemic prevented them from really flexing but again the bright side of that is that they get to develop and create during this downtime and so um it's all it's all good and let me let y'all know something else and this might be controversial but I'm gonna go ahead and say it you can't look at Megan's experience and her very brief time in the royal family and dismiss the role that black women have played in seeing her through that. And to be honest, I'd love to say women, you know, the role that women played in seeing Megan through it, since Megan is a feminist, but not all women were pro-Megan. And many of them were decidedly anti-Megan. But black women in particular were very supportive of Megan because we recognize many of the obstacles that she had in front of her. And we're not even looking at it from an intellectual standpoint. Many of us have experienced the exact same things that she's gone through. Not in that context, but the type of bullying that she's experienced. We recognize it. We know it. You know, our mothers and grandmothers have experienced these things and have warned us about them. Now, I might not be a duchess and you might not be a duchess, but all black women are queens to me, oh, except for Candace Owens, because she sits on a throne of raccoon bones and lies, not her, but everybody else. Yeah. Now, this is not to say that I don't recognize other women of color who are Megan fans or non-Pac Megan fans who had her back by virtue of being fans of hers and um, and people who care about the truth being told. You know, I see you. I respect you. I appreciate your effort. And I love you. You know, thank you for taking part in that. And um, I don't say any of this to be divisive. Sussex Squad is Sussex Squad. And yeah, Megan was bullied in part because she is a woman. There is that. It's called misogyny. But it was her race that the tabloids could not ignore. Right. So Harry read them in 2016 about their racist treatment of his then girlfriend. And so over the course of Megan's time in the royal family, black women peep game as we do. And we begin to call out all the people who made money just by telling lies on this woman. And we picked out many, many instances of racist reporting long before other people decided to speak up. We made Sussex Squad known to people like the Blue Checks. But this isn't just about Sussex Squad per se. This is about all the black women all over the world not letting British tabloids run away with the truth about this woman until it became what we now know as the Sussex Squad. And at no point 
During Megan's experience, did black women abandon her? And I think that is why the royal reporters hate us. Because they, along with the rest of the world, hate black women. And they hate us for how much we love ourselves. And, you know, they can never figure out why we won't just slunk away in defeat. They don't know why we won't just die. Just die already. They can't figure it out. See, because if they had to go through some of the things that we go through on a regular basis and throughout history, they know that they would not have survived. They wouldn't be able to cope. And now that I think about it, maybe that's why white society piles on black women or black people in general. Because the data shows that even in the medical establishment, they don't think we feel pain or we feel pain differently from them right? That we feel less pain. How inhumane. How inhumane. Some people don't even realize they're racist. But when you pile on and pile on, I guess they just felt that Megan didn't feel any pain. None whatsoever. You could do anything to her. Poke, prod, insult, demean, lie on, silence. That's why black women have to be so resilient. And, and ready to adapt to any situation because it's about survival. But one thing I know about Black women is we're not just resilient. We're intelligent. We are hella organized. And we ride for each other. And you know what else? We're also not afraid of a bully. And when something doesn't go our way, you know what we do? We pick it up and we keep on moving. We don't fold like a quote-unquote Karen would. And why is that? Because we can't afford to. And Unlike white women, and it has to be said, unlike white women, we saw this a lot with Kate, we know that the cavalry ain't riding in on their horses to rescue us. A black woman's strength, you know, this idea of a strong black woman, that's not something that she is born with. It's developed over a lifetime because it is how she survives. Because we are repeatedly pushed around, stolen from, bullied, co-opted, threatened, and discarded. But here we are. We're here and we're still rising. Like, imagine if Stacey Abrams had admitted defeat, which she never did, by the way. She didn't give it a concession speech because she didn't lose. But um, imagine, though, after having the Georgia governor's race just blatantly stolen from her. Imagine if, you know, she felt sorry for herself. She didn't. What did she do, though? She went right back to work. She and Latasha Brown and many other nameless, faceless black women canvassing neighborhoods in battleground states. And because of them, we still have a democracy in the United States of America. Black women's dogged refusal to be defeated is what saved this nation. And that has implications for everybody who can hear the sound of my voice, no matter where you are. Right. So as it relates to Megan, we saw and felt what few others did, which is that they were targeting Megan in the way they were simply because they don't find her deserving of the space that she occupied because she has black blood. And so it was black women who countered false tweets and narratives with demands that they be substantiated or deleted. Period. Black women who dared identify her treatment as racist in the first place. Like we set up alternative platforms that could counter racist narratives against Megan and kept the truth in the mix the whole time was largely black women who showed not just the tabloids but the royal family that Megan is bankable and that they were at a loss for mistreating her that's what grew the Sussex squad we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars every single organizer of a major fundraiser has been a black woman we promoted all of the charities. We planted hundreds of thousands of trees. We created viral inspirational content that went around the globe. We promoted every aspect of their tours. We bought Megan's Magazine, making that the highest selling issue of British Vogue in the history of British Vogue. We did it all. We saw her through. We saw her through. 
This movement was created by black women. We saw her through because we didn't like the way she was being treated. We were not about to let her fall. Point blank, period. And a very important thing here is that we recognize all of the traps that they set for her. We could recognize the stereotypes they tried to cloak her in. In an effort to diminish her impact, they tried to call her promiscuous. They called her bossy. They called her ghetto. They called her gold digger. All the stereotypes thrown at black women in order to discredit us. And I can tell you, it felt like an attack on me at some points. Honestly, it did. Because black women are always told that, you know, we're just not a good fit. And there's always that something that we just don't deserve and we didn't earn. Implication being that black women are second class by default. And Megan didn't deserve to be a duchess. And that's evident by all these repeated calls for her title. Well, baby, I take umbrage to this notion that I'm somehow second class because I, as a black American woman, am here to tell you that I am second class to no one. I know who my ancestors are. I know what my mother and grandmother poured into me. I know not to walk through life with my head down. Like the girl from Black as King said, I did the research. I did it. I know who I am. So no, we are not about to let the girls get away with saying Megan doesn't deserve. Just like we're not about to let them get away with saying Megan targeted Harry when it was Kate that targeted William. Just speaking the facts. We're not going to let them get away with saying Kate should be applauded for mumbling a speech of index cards when Megan just gave a whole impressive speech about the importance of girls' education. We're not going to let you do that. Just like we are not about to let y'all get away with calling Kate angelic in an off-the-shoulder gown while y'all call Megan vulgar. Not on this hair watch. Kate's whiteness was used as a weapon against Megan. As if to say, see, look, little black girl, you're not this. You'll never be this. Forget that she's not intelligent or hardworking. She's white. And whiteness is what matters most. That was the ultimate message. And Kate missed a golden opportunity to reject that message and stand shoulder to shoulder with another woman in distress. We're not even here to, to down Kate, but we are here to defend Megan. Not because Megan can do no wrong, but because she didn't do anything wrong in the first place. But she was still victimized and silenced on top of it. So we had to be her voice to some extent. And so I hope that in their new journey, in this new phase of their lives, they always reserve a space for black women specifically in whatever ways. And so far, they seem to be doing that. Um, And if that offends you, then oh, well. Oh, well. Do I sound like I care? Because I don't. I don't. And I'm always going to be a super fan. That's non-negotiable. But I just felt the need to say that, to go on the record and say that um, without black women, in large part, driving, you know, a counter narrative that other truth seekers could then hitch on to and do their own investigating for the truth and see that the Sussexes were indeed the ones done wrong here, then I don't know what their current situation would be right now. I think they would be okay ultimately, but I hope through our efforts that they got the courage that they needed to step out on faith, even if they felt like they weren't quite ready. And so, you know, with that, that is pretty much all I have for today. Yes, I have to end the episode right here. I know there's so many things I haven't talked about. I haven't talked about, you know, the palace's effort to erase a black woman. That's another thing black women always have to deal with is erasure. Um, Erase this woman from her, her child's birth certificate. I didn't even get a chance to talk about that, but I am. Make no mistake. Uh, I didn't get to talk about, not in depth, about Harry's lawsuit or um, his Fast Company article or like William's strange attempt to now try to come off as like intolerant of racism, girl. Who do you think you're kidding? And, and But I will say this, on that vein, not exactly talking about Will because, yeah, I'm going to talk about that too. Um Mark my words, 
there are going to be a few people who were Megan's biggest haters during the whole entire ordeal. Whenever Megan, you know, um, does her thing as she will do her thug thizzle, there are going to be people who acted like they never, ever uttered a bad word about that woman. Trust and believe. They're going to be people who, you know, want to be seen as so tolerant. And because Megan, Megan has already established herself as somebody who is going to do exactly what she wants to do. And, and ain't nobody going to stop her. Right. And they're going to people they're going to be people who try to act as if they've always been on her side. When you see them, point them out, call them out, call them out. Because, you know, one thing about Sussex Squad, girl, we got a whole index of receipts. When you see him call him out, like take Gary Gennetti, for example. And he, you know, he doesn't even deserve a mention. But like before Megan, and I said this on my podcast, if you scroll all the way back before Megan even became the Duchess of Sussex, this man was posting nothing but like white cards of like quotes and just corny stuff. Just, you know, words, text. Well, that's what he's back to posting. You know, he got up like a million followers by bashing Megan, by bashing this woman day in and day out. He helped contribute to uh, the narrative, the false narrative about her. Um, Now, you know, at some point he decided that he didn't want to talk about Megan or talking about Megan in a negative light, especially as she was going through so many hard times. This was particularly when the Black Lives Matter protests kicked off. Um... Yeah, he decided to no longer really even mention Megan. And I guess he doesn't have anything else to talk about. You see what I'm saying? That type of shit. So there are going to be people who acted like they never bashed Megan. And that's not to say that you can't, you know, criticize people. I have always said on this podcast, Harry and Megan are not above criticism. But that being said, it needs to be substantiated. It needs to be, it needs to have merit, Right. Otherwise, you're just being a bully. There are going to be people who act like they never bullied them. Oh, and I can't wait to call them out. And so I hope you do, too. So with that, if you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to leave a review and a rating on iTunes. It's greatly appreciated. It helps the podcast. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Megan Mood on Instagram at Sussex Set. You can also join me at Patreon find me at Sussex said as well as joining the channel uh those of you again who if you haven't sent me your addresses please do send me your address so I can send out your mug I have 20 going out tomorrow the mugs were a little bit late getting to me I wanted to at least start shipping them in January but I didn't get them until like February 5th so um (laughs) sorry about that but um yeah, they're really cute. And I think you guys are really going to like those. So um, definitely, if you're if you're a part of the channel and you're part of Patreon, please, please, please send me your address because I want to make sure that you get one. So thank you, as always, for tuning in. You guys are dope. And don't you ever let nobody dim your shine. So until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me. Kill me.